Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Thursday, January 2020, 25th, 2024. I can't talk on a Thursday. Cody can't put the right graphic in the background. And we have a third face on the screen. Could roadcap Tyler Snyder here with us. Yeah, I'm about to go through your shoulder. That's a good catch, actually. Tyler, how have you been? I'm alive. I, I can see that part, so that's good. It definitely threw me off having three faces on. That's why I I messed up the background. I was like, oh, wait, what's going on? Is it glitching? <laughs> nope. It is just Tyler. But I'm glad to have you back. I have missed you. Even though I don't think you miss me. Uh, I miss you sometimes. <laughs> right now is not one of them. <laughs> Cody's good on occasion. Um, but apparently he's gotten too much Cody in the five minutes pre-show that he's been talking to him already. So we're going to love how this show goes. Uh, as a reminder, new tip, new episodes typically every Friday through the Super Bowl. We're hitting you a little bit early this week with some extra content. We got uh, make sure you follow us on our social medias: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at the Couch GMs for even more than you get from the show. And you can always send us a DM with any questions you have, NFL questions, fantasy questions, whatever you are arguing with your friends about, and you want us to back you up on. We got you. Just let us know. But guys, a couple of things to hit. Why don't we sit back, relax, and chat? Just like last week, we're going to start off with reacting to the last round of the NFL playoffs, divisional round. Cody, like last week, you just want to go game by game, um, give a little reaction to each one? Sure, why not? So let's start with the one you were in attendance at. Uh, Texans traveled to Baltimore, and Baltimore got the victory. Tell us a little bit about that. You were there. What was the, the game like, being in person? I feel like you had the best perspective of all three of us. I did. It was actually a really good atmosphere. I know, Cody, you've said you've kind of had like it was good, but not great before, but they stepped up for the playoffs. So good for them. Um, the biggest thing I think takeaway wise, the Ravens played a solid game, at least in the second half. First half, they were they started a little slow, which is what we were worried about coming off the bye and the resting the week. You know, starters a week 18, but it looked like the moment was slightly too big for the young Texans team. Like a lot of sloppy mistakes, false starts, delay games there. They showed a lot of flash. I think they're going to be a good team for the future. But I think if you would have expected a game to go a certain way in that situation, like you would have expected it to be a little bit too big for the Texans. And that's kind of how it looked. No shame to them, though. They had a fantastic season. Tyler, you hate the Ravens. You want to add <laughs> anything about them winning? It sucks. <laughs> it's not fun to see. But they also played a division rival of yours, so you really were in a no-win there? I don't know. Yeah, but I was very vocal about, I feel like every fan has that one team in their division that unless you're a fan of that team, that you're like, you low-key root for because they're kind of trash, and they've been trash. Every division has one, and uh, the Texans are that team for me. Um, that's why, like, Cody, I'm sure you wouldn't, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to see the Lions go on and win it, even though it's a division rival. It's still like this team that's been bad forever. It's kind of cool to see him go on and do something. So that's how the Texans were for me. They've been bad for so long. They've never won a Super Bowl in their history. I was kind of just rooting for a, a team that's never won it to get there. Um, so it would have been cool. I was also rooting for the Bills, but, you know, we'll get to that later. Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned the Lions, and I used to think I didn't care about the Lions, but now that – the Packers lost and they are winning on and they're getting closer and closer. It's become a little bit more like, ah, do I actually want them to, to succeed? Like, but do I want the 49ers to succeed? But I guess that transition us to that Lions Buccaneers game, right? They were no Packers no. 49ers were next. Maybe I just don't want to talk about that one because that one, <laughs> that one still hurts. Uh, as obviously Packers fan, uh, resident at the Couch James podcast, a game that they were better than the 49ers, which was kind of surprising for 55 minutes, but the last five minutes fell apart, uh, missed a kick, then played super soft on defense. Uh, and the 49ers looked like the team that rested for a while. They came out really sloppy, and then it started to click. So I think they're going to have a better performance next week. Uh, but, yeah, tough to see the Green Bay Packers lose, but I think, we, I think we're good for the future. I really like how this team came on. Yeah, I feel like the 49ers, we kind of expected to be good. So there's no no surprise that they did go on and win. Um, it's more of a surprise 
at how good the Packers looked um, because the Packers, I mean, we kind of looked at them like they just squeaked into the playoffs and, you know, they really shouldn't have been there anyway. And then they go ahead and dominate the Cowboys and you're like, all right, well, that was a, that was a nice little, fluke. but then they go on and look and look really good against the 49ers. And, and I remember Cody, I texted you in the middle of the game saying, are the Packers just riding some kind of a high or are they actually this good? And you said a little bit of both. You want to explain? Yeah, so obviously, like they this this team was two and five, three and six, six and six. Like they had gotten hot. They had won their last three games. They had uh, they had needed some help. They were a nine and eight team. So they were definitely playing their best football late, which we always talk about is the key to making the a run in the playoffs is playing your best football. Why we're not seeing the Dolphins right now? They peaked a little bit too early. The Packers seemed to peak at the right time, which gave us hope. Uh, but this team, it's the youngest team in the NFL. They're young. They're talented. Uh, they're, there's a lot of things to be excited about and being good. I mean, Jordan Love just played one of the best stretches of quarterback ever with 21 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. Like, incredible run for him. So I think that's a lot to build on. So I think there was a lot to, you know, build on. But I, I think they were definitely on a little bit of a hot streak. And I think I said that same thing. The defense is still bad. And at the end of the day, you have five minutes left. You need to stop from the defense after special teams, which is also still bad. Should have said that too. Misses a kick, and uh, they couldn't get it done. So, and they fired their defense coordinator because of it. I th- there's still a lot, like you said, a lot to like for the Packers going forward. They might have found their third franchise quarterback without skipping a beat again. So, anyone who's out there tired of the Packers just doing it again and again, they've done it again. Um, and we always know that the Packers strategy seems to be build guys in house, have good drafts, don't get a lot of exterior free agents. And if this is the youngest team in the NFL, mostly homegrown out there competing in the divisional round when they should have still been rebuilding, I'm watching out for the next two, three years with them until they have to start signing some of these guys. If they keep making steps, that's a dangerous looking team. Well, the, the big question is because so Jordan Love, he, he had he signed the extension before the year. So he technically has one year left on his deal. So he signed through 2024. But this season, you have to expect that he's going to get a top-of-market quarterback deal. Maybe not the highest-paid quarterback, uh, but he's definitely going to beat the $45 million that Daniel Jones got. So you're looking at 48 to $52 million, which are So they're already going to start, like, as soon as he signs that deal, the clock starts ticking. I mean, the clock's already ticking of the Super Bowl window being open back up before those other guys come into play and they really have to make hard decisions. Typically you see teams that are able to make runs when somebody's near the end of their rookie deal when they're not paying a quarterback significant sum. Packers don't get that luxury the way that they drafted Jordan Love so long ago, let him sit behind Rodgers. Obviously he's probably a more put together quarterback because of it, but it complicates that window for sure because you're relying a lot more on young talent in that first window as than you are normally if you're a team like the Bengals, what they did with Burrow, the Ravens with Lamar, et cetera. Well, that's probably enough of that game. So we got now we can talk about the Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And really, for me, I mean, that's a good game and all, but that the mishaps in the last 60 seconds, whether it was the Lions snapping the ball too early, then the Buccaneers not calling a timeout on third down when they would have forced him to kick a long field goal or punt with 37 seconds left, only down by a touchdown. Like, definitely, I mean, not trying to get conspiracy, but that was definitely some uh, weird shadiness. Like, how do you not give your team every opportunity to go block a kick or something when you're only down seven? not even block a kick. There was still what, like 35 seconds on the clock. That's have a chance to block a kick and then get into hail Mary range too. like bad clock management by the lions. Not going to happen again, but that like we were talking about, is there going to be a letdown after they won their first playoff game since the nineties that makes you feel even more. It's like, Oh, was that their super bowl? Were they just like, Oh my gosh, we won again. We're going to the conference championship for the first time since like 1991. They didn't even care about like, you know, handling the crowd clock properly at the end of the game. Like now are we going to see a letdown next week? 
I mean, I guess that's to be determined. I mean, if we are going conspiracy and there is a script, nobody wanted to see the Bucks in it. Nobody cared about the Bucks. Everybody likes everyone's favorite underdog, the Lions, and that's the team that the media has been following. And um, so it's not surprising that they moved on. But honestly, but the Bucks conspiracies, are conspiracies aside, yes, so are the Chiefs. Um, conspiracies aside, uh, the Lions are the better team. I'm sorry for Mocha my dog who just wants to be on the podcast um we love mocha so it's fine she loves being a pest so um but yeah the lines are the better team uh, the line should have won from the beginning the fact that it was so close uh, i think it was surprising to me because i thought every game was going to be a little bit more of a blowout like i thought the the 49ers were going to blow out the packers a little bit more i thought the the lions were going to blow out the bucks a little bit more the only game that i really thought was going to be close was the ravens which ended up being the biggest blowout of all of them so it's it made no sense to me so i'm i'm not doing very well at predicting uh so far in this playoffs but still i'm happy to see the lions move on and you know as a as hometown fans it's cool to see Alex Anzalone, why missing product, played high school football against the kid, and he uh, is now a starting middle linebacker for a team in the conference championship. And then, and then a guy that we got to interview for a college documentary, a guy that was with us at our college, is scored a touchdown. Craig Reynolds, shout out to the Kutztown Golden Bears. Uh, it's cool to see the hometown guys uh, performing in the playoffs. It's super cool. It's a small world. Gives us the extra little connection to the Lions. Not that like two of us really needed it, because I know Tyler and I typically root for the underdog, and the Lions have been bad for so long. But I know I understand why Cody has a little bit more reserve being a Packers fan. Yeah, good. You know what? I hope Craig wins. Yeah, do it for Craig. Craig. There you go. I'll root for Craig. <laughs> if you're Michael listening, Craig Reynolds, shout out. <laughs> But uh, you, so you said that you, the game you thought was going to be close was Ravens Texans. Were you just not counting Bills Chiefs yet, or do you think that was going to be a blowout too? I wouldn't say blowout. Um, I just thought whatever team was supposed to win was going to take the advantage and keep it all game, and it wasn't. It was going to be more one sided. Um, obviously, there was the potential for the back and forth and the close game. I mean, it's two great teams, two great quarterbacks. You kind of expect that kind of thing. But I just feel like the way that this season's been falling, I was hoping that it was going to fall the Bills way. um, But it ended up being the Chiefs again. And we get to see more Taylor Swift shots in the conference championship now. um, Kind of over five straight AFC championship games for the Chiefs, too. Six. Six? See, it's even worse than I thought. I mean, it's pretty impressive, though. Yeah, I just feel like we're in another wave of Brady. It's impressive. I don't care about impressive, though. I care about entertainment factor. Um, I got, I was tired of Tom Brady being in the conference championship or Super Bowl every single year. Um, I was tired of, in NASCAR, Jimmy Johnson winning six straight championships. I mean, you don't, I was tired of the Yankees who won every single year, but you don't want to see that one same team win every single year. It just ruins the sport. Um do you want to be able to see other teams compete, um, other teams get there? And uh, to just see the Chiefs year after year after year, it's just – it's killing the joy for me. And I feel like that's uh, part of the reason I've been a little bit more distant with football this year. Um, I, I want to see something different. Well, you might get Ravens 49ers, which we saw just 10 years ago. So is that different enough? Uh, we'll see if the power stays on for it, if if it is. But, um, uh, it's. I mean, I guess that's different because at least it's been ten years, and at least the Chiefs wouldn't be in it. But it's still not a not a Super Bowl. I hope to see. I want to see the Lions win it all at this point. Honestly, that's the that's the team I'm rooting for. I was rooting for the Lions and the Bills. I wanted to see a team, um, a new team win it, and now I'm just rooting for the Lions. Rooting for the underdog. I appreciate it for sure. Um, if that wraps up our divisional round reactions, we can move on to some coaching updates. We had some news that broke right before the show. We'll save that one. It's a little teaser. Uh, starting off with the Raiders, who did not screw up this time and retained Antonio Pierce, knocking off the interim tag, naming him their head coach. Uh, any reactions other than them not screwing up? 
they did something right. I mean, it was the most obvious move. And I'm not even saying that like he has three years locked in, right? Like if he's a one and done, quote unquote, technically, would not be surprised. But what he meant to that locker room, I mean, he had, you know, players coming out and being like, yeah, it's either him or I'm asking to be traded. He has so much respect in the locker Like he had to get the job. So you never know with Mark Davis, and he seemed to make the right decision. Yeah, good move. I don't really have much to say on it. You might have more to say about the next move, which is your Tennessee Titans signing Brian Callahan as their head coach, former Bengals offensive coordinator. I know your initial reactions were very mixed. Now that you've had time to think about it, what are your thoughts? Mixed. Okay, that hasn't changed much. Okay, explain. <laughs> so I'm not thrilled with the hire. I, I was kind of hoping for Bobby Slowick to be the, the hire. Um so to see us make a decision on head coach, even though Slowick is still out there, it's a little disappointing. I, I'm not even saying Slowick is going to be like this end-all, be-all head coach. I just liked him. Um, so I guess from what I read, the Titans had Brian Callahan as their number one option. Like it was, it was him or bust. And they, once other head coaches started finding jobs, getting second interviews. Um, they wanted to move quickly on their top option. Um, so they had Callahan was the first person they interviewed, first person they requested an interview, first person they had a second interview with. Um, when they went to have the second interview, um, his flight got canceled to Nashville to meet with the team. So Amy Adams Strunk actually sent her own private plane to go pick him up to fly him there because they wanted to see him that badly. And he didn't even leave the room before they offered him the job. So, they they wanted him. They went and got him. Um, look, he's the Bengals have had a great offense for the last few years, so it's hard to deny some of that. But I guess this year, you look at I, injuries or not, they had such great offensive weapons, and yet Callahan and and if they still had one of the bottom half offenses in the league, and Callahan also wasn't calling the offensive plays for the Bengals either. So an offensive coordinator who doesn't even call the plays, I mean is he really the best option out there? Um, every Titans media that I've read is absolutely thrilled with the decision, thinks it's a genius move and they're all excited. So I'm hoping they're right and I'm wrong, but right now I'm in a, I'm not out on him. Obviously uh, he's, he was a candidate for a reason, but uh, I'm kind of in a wait and see kind of mentality. Him not calling his own offensive plays. Isn't necessarily a bad thing. As long as he's a good manager of coaches and players like he can get himself an, a young offensive coordinator who is either a stud play caller or is you know i would imagine he's calling being plays a stud now. play caller and maybe there's also a chance that he does that and he succeeds or he does that and he realizes that it's too much and there's been plenty of head coaches that try to call their own plays then pass it off to their offensive coordinator when they realize it's a lot to handle handling clock management personnel and calling players on one side of the ball at the same time. But it's going to be, there's probably going to be some growing pains, but I think he's coming from a good pedigree. I mean, his father was a head coach too, and he's coming from a system and a team that was really putting it together and probably would have been a playoff team against again this year if it wasn't for the Joe Burrow injury. So he's a winner. Let's see if he can carry it over into uh, building his own regime as opposed to being an offensive coordinator. Right, and Callahan has a, a long history of being great with quarterbacks and making quarterbacks successful. So we'll uh, have to see what we can do with Will Levis and if he can take Will Levis to that next level. Um, you mentioned his dad being a former NFL head coach. Uh, it's Bill Callahan, currently the offensive line coach for the Browns. Um, there is rumors that the two of them have wanted to work together their entire career. So there's a chance that they try to get Bill Callahan over to the Titans to be the new offensive line coach. Obviously, it's just rumors. We'd have to actually see that happen before we can buy into it, but uh, that would be a huge plus. Titans have had the worst offensive line in the league for the last two years, so that would be a major upgrade. I know he has ties to T. Higgins, and the Bengals were trying to shop him last season, so hopefully the Titans could bring in T. Higgins as well, but we'll have to wait and see what kind of moves will happen in the offseason. Like I said, I'm in a, a wait-and-see kind of mentality with him. I think that's the the appropriate approach. I think I was a little surprised, too, as someone that's not as locked in on the Titans. Like, I'm really intrigued to see if he's going to call plays or not. He uh, is. They did announce that. 
that's what I thought he is going to be the play caller. So I do understand the hesitations as a guy that's never called plays coming in to be a head coach and call plays for the first time. A lot of times, like you see people, you know, have to prominent offensive minds that aren't the play callers leave and go somewhere else for a year to call plays to actually finally get over the hump. They're just trying to beat the curve and maybe it'll work out for them. I will say that the Titans have had one of the better defenses in the league over the last five years. All except one year, they had one of the worst defenses in the league, and that was the only year that Mike Vrabel called all defensive plays. Um, because trying to manage head coaching duties and call defensive plays, it ended up being too much, and Titans suffered for it. So I'm not always thrilled with head coaches calling plays. I I feel like you bring in a coordinator for a reason. and uh, But that's always been my mentality. Obviously, there's plenty of head coaches that have proved me wrong on that. Um, that's just the way I feel. Yeah, I, if you want to debate that, like I think that's good. I'm on the mindset that the head coach, I like when the if the head coach is offensive minded, I want him to call plays because if your offense is good, you're going to lose your coordinators and you're going to there's going to be a lot of change. And I like the consistency offense defense because defensive head coaches don't unfortunately get as many opportunities. I'm cool with the defensive minded head coach like a Mike Rabel being the the raw raw leader guy and having someone else up in the box calling plays on defense. It's kind of my two cents on the should the head coach call plays or not. It's not a bad mindset there. All right guys, one more coaching hire that broke just before we're recording here Wednesday night. Chargers make official what we had seen coming in signing Jim Harbaugh to be their next head coach. He officially departs from Michigan after winning a national title goes to LA to try to bring Justin Herbert to the next level. Was this the right fit? I mean, they had to make a, a swing like they're they have Justin Herbert, they have the pieces and I think for him it's going to be like he's not going to call plays, right? Like we just had this conversation. For him it's that offensive coordinator/quarterback relationship is still going to be the most influential hire for him. Now and he, but he has the the name recognition, he can probably pull anybody from college he wants. He could probably get any offensive coordinator he wants. They're going to give him full reign. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if people follow him from Michigan. Uh, I'm not saying J.J. McCarthy is the best prospect, uh, but he developed really nicely down out in Michigan, too. So I think this is a great fit. I think this is pretty much where we all thought he was. Harbaugh was going to end up, uh, and I'm definitely – I think it's, one, good to have Harbaugh back in the NFL, and two, people need to realize that, Michigan's going to get hit with some uh, fines and stuff for our potential issues after an NCAA investigation. So him getting out and potentially some of the other guys getting out uh, before those come down would not be surprised to see that. Yeah, I mean, would I think it's, anything... a good, it's a good hire. Um, you're talking about a big-name head coach, but he's – you also got to remember he's been a head coach before. He's been in this position, so he has the experience of working in the NFL. Typically, you hire – a college head coach and sometimes there's a rough adjustment period but he has the experience he's back um we'll see if he has a he fares a little bit better the second time around he was in a super bowl uh the super bowl that was a loss to the ravens so he's had success as well so it's nice to see that not only they hiring someone with head coaching experience they're hiring somebody that's been as successful as a head coach as well um would any of those college uh, penalties follow him to the NFL? Would there be any repercussions if anything goes down? Would you know how that would work, Cody? Uh, I guess no. I don't think there would be. Like maybe okay. the yeah the the team would the team could technically like maybe you know fine him or suspend him for conduct detrimental to the team, but he wasn't part of the team when it happened. So I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure he's gonna escape with the national title victory. Uh, and Michigan's going to – whatever comes out of that comes out of that, and he'll be the head coach of the Chargers and just move on. So Michigan won't be in the first year of the 12-team uh, college football playoff, but everything else will be fine. That's just uh, They'll probably still be there. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. That pretty much wraps up all our news. We have two games to talk about this week, so why don't we jump into some conference championship preview? I don't know why I just thought you spelled championship wrong on there. And I'm like, oh, there's Cody. But no, you spelled it right. So I just had to pick on you a little bit. You're just you accustomed to spelling errors. And I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I would be too. 
<laughs> Survivor picks all over again. I'm just kidding. It was actually spelled correctly. Um, all right. I actually never checked which of these was the early game. I think I got it right on here. So AFC title game is the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Chiefs now had Patrick Mahomes first away game in the playoffs, and they did pull out that victory against Buffalo. He's now playing his second away game in the playoffs. Uh, over under shots of Taylor Swift in the booth. We're going to set it at eight and a half. Is Jason there over. too? <laughs> uh, I, that's a great question. I would assume yes. Because Jason dominated the camera from Taylor Swift in that the, that game, which was incredible. That was so much fun. But peak Jason Kelsey, whether he retires or not now, we don't know exactly what's happening. That was peak Jason Kelsey. <laughs> if Jason Kelsey retires, I think because his contract's up, right? I'm sorry to derail this conversation. Yes. yes, it is. So he would have to sign a new contract. So if, if he retires, he's technically a free agent. Uh, and let's just say something happened. I think he could potentially come back and play a year with the Chiefs. Like a midseason come out, I'm going to do one last run with the Chiefs. It would break Philadelphia's heart, but play with his brother for a year. So that's that's my thinking. Now they have Creed Humphrey, who's a really good center, so they don't actually need him. But like, if he would get hurt in training camp or first couple weeks of the season, like, I think that's a possibility. I'm just not going to think about that. <laughs> As an Eagles fan, I I don't yeah. mind. <laughs> I could see it. You know, yeah. quick. Uh stirring the pot just trying to get people heated that are listening to this because that's my favorite thing to do um is uh, jason kelsey's a phenomenal center don't get me wrong he's great however would he be even remotely as popular or important or considered as great as he is now if he didn't wear a mummer's outfit and give a speech i think it was moving to another level i mean i know he was talked about here before then but on a national level, I don't really know if he would have this, you know, you know, what Hayes around like hit by that between that and his brother being the number one tight end in the league and it's a position that like, you know, isn't cherished, and then them two starting their podcast and everything else. Like I think that that speech started it off and he did have a lot of local fame, but I think nationally you have a point. Oh yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I think so like if you ask me, it would he still been a Hall of Famer? I think the people that vote on that, that watch the football, would be like, yeah, he's one of the best centers to ever do it. Especially uh, athleticism-wise and pooling and stuff that we don't traditionally see from centers. Like, even at 36, he's still one of the most – I think he's 36, maybe he's 38. One of the most athletic centers uh, in the NFL. But I think he's really great at marketing. Like, I think the whole Mummers thing has not hurt his image. Uh, I think the whole – starting a podcast the the super bowl run last year against his brother like have not hurt his case at all he might not have been first ballot but i don't think there's any way he's not now just because the not that the hall of fame should be a marketing tool but they have a weekend about it and they'll want to put jason kelsey on that stage having a speech as soon as he's eligible Fair enough. So back on track here, then we got Chiefs at Ravens. And I mean, I think we were all all of us, at least, were hoping the Bills would pull it through. We didn't know if the Chiefs were going to start to get it together in the playoffs. And now that we're two games through. It seems like they are figuring it out. Mahomes at least looks like it's better. There's less drops in the receivers and the defense hasn't dropped off one bit. So who who do we even pick in this one seeing the ravens still clicking but the chiefs starting to look more like the the traditional chiefs i think the ravens are i think the ravens are still the favorite win at all i mean they've played all three of these teams before they've beat them they beat them like and the games against the 49ers and the lions they weren't even close actually i don't think they played the chiefs this they did season. not play the chiefs it was the bills i think they played and they had beaten them pretty good if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the way their defense is playing, their offense is playing, they're still the favorites. Like they're still the team to quote unquote beat left in the playoffs, in my opinion. But as we've seen, if you have an elite quarterback, a good defense, and capable 
passing options, one of the best coaches. That's that. This is what makes the NFL so magical. It's not the seven game series, right? It's not. Oh well, the best team is probably going to win because they have to beat them four out of seven. No, this is one and done. Like honestly, like we talked about the Packers. If the Packers and Cowboys played ten seven times, I don't think the Packers win that series. But they got them on that day. Just like I don't think the game would be close to the Packers and 49ers all four, you know, all seven games. They probably wouldn't even go seven. I think that the Ravens would beat the Chiefs in seven, but can they beat them in one? I think that's a definitely an interesting question. I know you guys raggle me for being negative, and you, you tell me I got to stop being so negative, but I could not care less about this game. I might not even watch it. I, I hate both of these teams with a passion. I hope they both lose. Uh, whoever wins, I'm rooting against in the Super Bowl, regardless of who wins the other game. So, so you should root I don't for the know. Chiefs. I guess the uh, the Ravens are the better team. I mean, I heard Gronk's speech after the game where he said nobody's better than the Ravens. The Ravens are winning it all. It doesn't even matter. Um, so I guess I heard that, and I, I feel like the Ravens are the better team. But and they're I, purple. I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Does it not matter though? Because it's been four out of five years for what the chiefs no the super bowl logo the super bowl logo and it's purple and red so chiefs are ravens 49ers chalk (laughs) probably no i i I get what you're saying though it's because especially you like you don't like the ravens you're tired you've you've been very vocal on this podcast in our group chats all that how much you're not looking forward to the chiefs winning the success uh so i completely get where we are coming from but i also know you and know it's playoff football so you're going to throw a couple first score touchdown bets on there you're going to get stuck in the game and then you're going to get frustrated because how close it is and then probably turn it off but then keep checking your phone to see what the score updates are so that's that's tyler on sunday night or sunday afternoon yeah actually <laughs> what time's the game three Damn it! All right. If it was later, I would. Say, yeah, the the other game, I might be in bed before the end. We'll see. But the uh, <laughs> it sucks. I wish they were flip flopped. I could definitely go to bed during the game. No, <laughs> sorry. But anyway, it is. Uh, I'm also going to pick the Ravens in this one in a close one. Um, but I think the Chiefs have really closed the gap from where I thought they were from the beginning of the playoffs. To not, we can move on to the NFC Championship. The Detroit Lions traveling out to San Francisco to play the 49ers. And I really want to believe this game is going to be close, but I keep having this gut feeling that the Lions are going to get the letdown. Maybe. Yeah, I don't have that feeling. But if Debo doesn't play, then. That's important for sure. If Debo doesn't play, then I think the 49ers are a lot more human than we're giving them credit. Uh, and I think the Lions are explosive, just like the 49ers are. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot closer game than you're thinking. Right now, the spread is at no. seven. By the way, I'm interested Which, to see how much that changes if Debo doesn't go. Like I think they're still fifty fifty on it because he hasn't participated. Um, but. Yeah, no, it's a good point because when you think about it, the 49ers went on a three-game win sh- or losing streak earlier in the season that people tend to forget about because it was, you know, really early. I think two and a half of those games were without Debo. Like he means the, uh, a lot more than people like to believe he means to this offense. Like it is Christian McCaffrey, but I think it's even more Debo just being able to move around everywhere and open things up. For the sports fans out there, uh the sports betters, I should say, it's Baltimore by three and a half is the betting lines right now for the other game. So they're giving a half but point yeah, over I agree. the home team thing. But yeah, I like I, I'm a huge fan of Juwan Jennings, so I'd like to see him get some more touches and um, more playing time. But I don't want it to come at the expense of Debo Samuel. So that that is unfortunate. Um, I want to know what happened to Brandon Ayuk. I was expecting a lot more from him in the playoffs because he's been so big all year. And then he, we go into the playoffs, Debo gets hurt, and it's Juwan Jennings. Like, it's not <laughs> Debo. I mean, it's not uh, Ayuk. Yeah, I think it's just because people are trying to take away uh, Ayuk, honestly. 
I think they're, you know, that's the guy that they're focusing on, uh, you know, and that's why George Kittle has been doing better as of late. Christian McCaffrey, so Christian McCaffrey, like there's no stopping him. Uh, and they're, they're like, okay, we're going to take away Brandon Ayuk. Uh, but, you know, Juwan Jennings has always been for them, like really good on third down. Before it was him, it was Nick or Nick Bourne. Not That's not right. The dude that's in New England right now, whatever his first name is, Bourne. Uh, Kendrick, he used to be the, Kendrick like, that guy thank you uh <laughs> he was really good on third down and that's kind of what Juwan Jennings has been he's been like that third and reliable option like third option um but if Debo is out like this could be a big Brandon Ayuk game for them and, but I'm with you I don't think this game is going to be a blow I don't think the Lions are going to get us a letdown for me it comes down to the pass rush of the San Francisco 49ers versus the offensive line uh for the Detroit Lions, and then vice versa. Because I think both Jared Goff and Purdy have shown that they are good quarterbacks when they have a clean pocket. But if you get pressure on them, they'll start making some inconsistent throws and potentially causing turnovers. So whichever, whether it's Nick Bosa or Aiden Hutchinson, can take advantage of the other one's offensive line, I think is going to be the real difference maker in this game. So So Cody's expecting um... a more sloppy game. Sorry, go ahead, Tyler. One uh, random fact I'd like to throw out there that I just find interesting. I guess not random fact, but whatever. So you know how they say defense wins championships, right? Um, maybe, maybe some other position wins championships. Uh, if you had to tell me right now who the four best tight ends in the NFL are, who would you say? The four best tight ends in the NFL right now? Uh, yeah, that's a all healthy because i'm assuming you want me to throw in andrews here all healthy yep all healthy so andrews it'd be kittle. andrews kelsey kittle and laporta is probably i would say hawkinson right healthy but yeah i get what you're going at i think what laporta has done this year has shown that he is right up there with tj hawkinson and you can definitely make an argument um the only reason the only thing you can argue against laporta is uh Sample size. That's pretty much it. Um, outside of that, I think the four best tight ends in the NFL are all in the playoffs right now. Yeah, the there only were... four out of the only five good tight ends. Yeah. Well, I mean, then you think like the next tier of tight ends were all basically in the playoffs, too. You saw Goddard. You saw Njoku, who had the big breakout this year. Like, we were naming down, like, who do you think could possibly be the top 10 tight ends next year in the group chat? And when you think about it, I think maybe nine of them were in the playoffs and one of them was named Hawkinson. So yeah, that's, it is maybe a more important position than we give it credit for because we're always so frustrated about it talking in terms of fantasy. And the only thing that's, it goes against your argument is the fact that Andrews has missed time, but even yet, like they've got a good fill in with likely and Andrews still gives them a huge boost and he actually should be back this game. Yeah, and I think Isaiah likely, if he played a full season, fully healthy, would be right up there in the in the same mix. Um, personally, I believe like he showed it last year when Andrews was out, and he's been showing it this year um, in the little bit of time that Andrews has been out. Isaiah likely is also a, a very good tight end, and once Andrews finally moves on, likely is going to be a, a huge fantasy option. Yeah, and then also, you know, since we're just you know talking random stuff with this game in particular. I know this is traditionally talked about on Thanksgiving because the Lions are 0-13 since the NFL merger when there's a waxing gibbous moon on Thanksgiving. We talked about that a lot. Uh, I hate to break it to you. It is a waxing gibbous moon on Sunday. Uh, So maybe only a Thanksgiving curse and Lions fans will be like, don't worry about it. We can win during non-Thursday games. But there is one on Sunday, so take that with a grain of salt. Maybe want to throw a bet towards San Francisco on the wax and gibbous in you intuition. Go for it. This is coming from a guy who probably wishes he took meteorology in college and instead he sat with Tyler and I and dinosaurs. Dude, this man couldn't I- pronounce <laughs> half the things in meteorology. Come on now. He couldn't pronounce half the things in dinosaurs. <laughs> this is fair. I think I have a better chance of uh rain, snow, wind. Like he's taking the easy oh, one. Yeah, that's all pop out. Yeah. Hey, all meteorologists. I want you to watch this podcast and message in that Cody thinks that all meteorology is, is rain, snow and wind. And 
you just struggled you to go say check out the cumulus gibbous. clouds outside yesterday like I, I didn't struggle to say waxing gibbous i struggled to say intuition which is <laughs> probably so an easier word which makes it worse probably <laughs> we mentioned fantasy why don't we jump in guys to our conference championship dfs face nobody made pick for this game oh 49ers well we all picked the ravens well you said you didn't care but we've been making picks all right lines you Go said crazy. 49ers i said 49ers. Uh, i'm gonna take the the 49ers too but i think it's gonna be a lot closer than that seven and a half which i don't understand but now george you want me to hit the bumper yeah hit that button All right, guys, so just like we have done in the past few weeks since week 18, we are going to be doing a uh, DFS showdown. The three of us are going to name our lineups here on the show, and we're going to have you guys guess on social media who you think is going to score the most. But you can join us as well in our group. We're going to put the link to that group in our description of our show or podcast, wherever you're listening or watching. Um, so make sure you guys go check that out. Join us before it fills up. It fills up pretty quick. So go check it out. Um, Tyler, you are on the show this time. You can announce your lineup straight instead of having us do it. Why don't you do the honors? And we're going to start at the top. Announce your quarterback and value on that. All right. I got Jared Goff at 6,300. I honestly feel like all four quarterbacks will be doing just fine. So I took the value, most valuable quarterback out there. I agreed with Tyler. I also took Jared Goff at 6,300. I was originally going somewhere else, and then when I saw my lineup broke out, I was like, yeah, no, the value quarterback should be fine. Uh, I spent $100 more and took Brock Purdy. All right. And I do still have $100 available, so if I wanted to switch, I could switch to Brock Purdy. Good note. Okay, Tyler. Running back one, what do you got? I got Christian McCaffrey. Best player on the board. I also spent up and got Christian McCaffrey. I feel like with two games, it was worth the buy up, even though I haven't been doing that in past weeks. Uh, I know you did that, Tyler, in past weeks. So, um, yeah, I spent the nine grand and went Christian McCaffrey. Also, nine grand for one player is ridiculous. Yeah. So, since you all came, I literally just did a hot swap because I also had him, but just to change it up, <laughs> uh, I took a. So, I went all the way from nine grand to 4,500. Uh, and took Clyde Edwards-Alaire, expecting Pacheco not to play. It's a good value if he doesn't play. I want to know where you spent. I'm interested to see where he spent up if he uh, dropped all that money. RB2, Tyler. Uh, I got Jameer Gibbs at 6,400. Tyler over here copying my lineup. 6,400 Jameer Gibbs stack with golf. Cody? <laughs> I have the other. Uh, Lions running back at 5,600 and David Montgomery. Not Craig? What are you doing? You want me to take Craig? I'll switch it. This dude's going to have like $7,000 left in his budget. Be like, I'm good. All right. <laughs> Hang on. I got to find Craig. He's literally changing his lineup on the fly. Yep. We're doing it. He's 4,100. I changed my lineup on the fly too. I went Brock Purdy because so far I have the exact same lineup as George and I don't like it. So. I now have Purdy instead of golf. This is going as an absolute disaster as I would hope it would. Uh, wide receiver one, please don't have the same one as me. Zay Flowers. Oh, shut up. No way. Yeah, Zay Flowers, man. Yeah, Zay Flowers, 5,800. That's the same with me. Cody. <laughs> uh, Yeah. I have Ross St. Brown, 7,900. That's one of his spins up. So. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, wide receiver two, Tyler. I talked about him earlier. I'm a huge fan of him, and I don't think Debo's going to play, so I'm going Jawan Jennings. I'm not even going to say my lineup, Cody. <laughs> uh, my next guy is, is Racy Rice, 6,500. <laughs> I know there's got to be a difference somewhere because of how much money we got left, but Tyler and I literally chalk all the way through except for him changing over to Purdy. Uh, wide receiver three. I got Detroit wide receiver Jamison Williams. I, I know he doesn't get a whole lot of targets. Uh, I know he hasn't been doing phenomenal, but I know that he is 
flash option, and he has been a target in the red zone lately. So, Jamison. I went with a Detroit Lions wide receiver that has been more consistent, but maybe not the flash guy, Josh Reynolds at 4,000. So there's the difference. Jamison is 3,700 if I didn't say that. Sorry. Okay. So I spend up slightly more on that one. Yeah. So correction. I thought I had Racy Rice. I don't because I had to move some stuff around to take Craig and get more money. So that last Just one. Just cut and restart on this whole thing. Now what? <laughs> was, was OBJ. Uh, and then right now I have. Uh, Brandon Ayuk at 6,900, a nice 6,900. So, nice. Amra, Brandon Ayuk, OBJ. Okay. He's taking the guy that's disappeared, hoping he comes back. It's a bold strategy, Cotton, especially for a nice 6,900. Tight end, the position that Tyler's been hyping up, we got. Yeah, and I'm going to go with the guy who hasn't been there. I got Mark Andrews. At 5000 and if he does not go, Isaiah likely is less expensive than Mark Andrews, so I can switch it. I was the person that tried to take Mark Andrews last week and had to switch it to George Kittle because he did not play, so I like the move. You know, you, you got to think they're going to try to get him involved. I went with the rookie sensation that Tyler was hyping up as being a top-four tight end, Sam Laporta at 5400 so I'm stacking some Lions here. Cody? George Kittle, 5300 Right. And then two two spots left. Flex and defense starts with the flex, Tyler. I got Rishi Rice at 6,500 in my flex. Nice. I've actually got a two tight end stack going on here. I have George Kittle at 5,300 in my flex. I as well have two tight ends. Travis Kelsey. So he hated the, the buy up tight end too. So that's the two places where he spent money was that in Amra. Uh, defense, and then I went middle of the road with defense and took the Chiefs at 2,900. I feel like all four teams are offensive powerhouses, and all four defenses had the potential for defensive points, so I didn't care where I went. So I went Lions. It's the cheapest one at 2,600. I went with the Ravens at 3,200, and I just want to uh, say about any rumors. I had Amr and McCaffrey on my original lineup. Uh, so I had to find other things to, I had a lot of flow guys, uh, but that's how it started. But I don't have uh, McCaffrey anymore. And I got Kelsey, OBJ, and Ayuk out of it. So a three for one deal. That's the balance you play when you are playing daily fantasy. So it let, us guy, be, let, us, uh, let us know. It used to be MVS and Nicole Hardman. So that's where I upgraded. Yeah, I think you ended up a little bit better there, honestly. Um, guys, let us know what your lineups are. Make sure you join our group quickly because it does fill up fast. Um, and we'll see. And let us know who you think wins out of the three of us. We'll post our um, TikTok or short wherever you watch us before the game starts so you have a chance to see our lineups in front of you. Because Tyler's back, we have one more thing before we go. I hope you missed it. It is Tyler's Oddball Fact of the Day. And that music is so interesting. Like, I feel like I need to have a, like a pipe. It's like we come back from it and just be like, well, hello there. My <laughs> fell. Like, I need. I gotta. I gotta sell this. Maybe that was my. Season. That was my vibe of you know, little pipe, very classical. I'll get one of those bubble pipes. Like it looks like a pipe, but you blow bubbles out of it. I'll get one of those. I'm sure Hobby Lobby has it. Just, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, not a sponsor. Um, but could so be. my oddball fact. For the day with the Super Bowl coming up, uh, we all know that the Super Bowl has the Vince Lombardi trophy. Uh, we all know that the Super Bowl also comes with rings. All the players get their Super Bowl rings that they like to show off. However, everyone employed by the winning team's organization typically receives a ring from front office staff to maintenance crew, making the victory even sweeter. So a uh, fun little piece that I did not know. Even it's like that's impressive and really so, freaking cool. The NFL basically turns into the Oprah of rings. You get a ring, you get a ring. Everybody's getting a ring. So I do believe, and I'm not, not saying you might want to fact check this, but I do believe there is a players and personnel ring, and then there is a everybody else ring. So the flashy, all the diamonds that you see the players get, they get that, but the uh, they get like a, a commemorative ring. For 
everybody else. Right. Um, yeah, they're not giving out but, the big, expensive, flashy ring to every single person, but it's just but, the fact that everybody does get a ring. So, but fun fact, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I know we don't typically talk about basketball, when LeBron came back and won the championship for the first time in Cleveland, the owner got everybody the nice ring because the guy serving the beer at the game I went to uh, was rocking his his ring. Now, I was sitting in the lower section, so it was a little bit – it wasn't the concourse area, but so it wasn't as many people, but he had one of them nice, fancy ones. So props to – maybe it was made with fake diamonds. That's how the owner pulled it out, but – so it's not impossible. Basketball rosters are also smaller. Like you're buying 53 players plus practice squads a ring for the NFL and basketball squads are what, 15? Do you think the owners That's a great question. Do the own does the team pay for the championship rings? Or does, is the is that a prize from the NFL? Well, I know that the league like supplies so for the nfl specifically the lombardi trophy is like a thing i believe that gets passed but like a team can buy a lombardi trophy for like their own display so i would assume that means the team would have to buy the rings too interesting the more you know Definitely Google the more again. you wonder yeah. all right i'll give you 30 seconds to see if you can Google, do the teams pay? They for? are bought, paid for, and presented by the team. With all that extra money they make from all that extra publicity from playing the extra games and the Super Bowl being a skeptical on its own. Do they give interns rings? Didn't we have an intern friend from when we were in college that uh, worked jo- the Eagles the year? Jo- shout out oh, to Josh. 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 Sorry, a little bit more of a breakdown. The NFL contributes 5000 to $7,000 per ring for up to 150 rings per team, uh, but the average cost for the team comes out to 30,000 and to 50,000 per ring. Those rings are worth like sixty thousand dollars. Yes, some of them at least. Seen- I've seen them, but like it's still hard to believe. Like I that that's like more than my life is worth. So, <laughs> I believe, as a quote unquote Packers owner. If the Packers were to win the Super Bowl, I would have the ability to buy one of the cost the, the commemorative type rings that the grounds crew and kind of people would get. So that's a fun fact too. Man, it's been a while since we heard Tyler's fun fact. So we're just uh Do you, I know I, all I, the I knowledge. Have so many more questions, uh, but I think we'll we'll take those <laughs> off air. That's what I'm here I for. I mean guys. it I bring yeah. the crazy. Hey, dude, we definitely enjoyed. That's the wrong music. That is the intro this... music. We're starting over. <laughs> Maybe hey. three more minutes. <laughs> Hour two coming up. <laughs> it's it's not much different. It's pretty much the same. Uh, but as always, this, Tyler, it's great to have you back. We've missed you. Glad you could join us. Mocha, giving some kisses. She's proud of you, too. Uh, as always, follow us on social media at the Calcium, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, TikTok, all those good places. I'm Cody Roadcap, that's George Kurth and Tyler Snyder, and we'll talk to you all next week.